0: It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had as much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now, your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day, he's the best. Keith Stewart.
1: Happy Friday afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, the director of fun. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. You know, Wade, our world felt pretty normal last weekend. Brooks Kepka was winning golf tournaments and Tom Brady was winning Super Bowls. So let's see if we can build on that momentum. I'm excited for our guests today and, of course, the weekly update. But first, the Peppers. Let's go. On this fabulous Friday afternoon, my friend, post Super Bowl, post waste management, Phoenix Open, People's Open, and um, I, you know, I really don't know where to start. But you know what? I will start with I'll say Happy Valentine's Day. Aww. To my, uh, I guess if Lori's one A, you're one B. I've yeah. been looking around for candy. I don't see any. Yeah, it's on the way. <laughs> All right, Amazon, it's coming. It's coming. That's for sure. So that's a PSA for everyone that's listening to this little uh, uh, sports conversation on Friday afternoon that Sunday is Valentine's Day and although you you're off the hook and you can't go to a restaurant or do anything like that up here in New Jersey New York Philly you can uh, you could certainly um, tell somebody that you love them on Sunday you can order a uh,
0: heart-shaped pizza heart-shaped. they do that in my area yeah oh, they do. It would do that it says I love you but I'm kind of lazy to do anything about it <laughs> except for order this
1: heart-shaped pizza I mean, I think that's a pretty good idea because if then you're cooking dinner, so you get the Valentine's Day, and you're cooking exactly. dinner. and who doesn't love pizza? Come on, I mean, a lot of people love pizza. Thank you. It's really good. It I is. think I'm a genius. It is. Speaking of good, you know, I I got this email this week that said that Tom Brady is good. You know, who? Tom Brady. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and I think you know, it's easy to you know, I mean, they've they've rehashed the Super Bowl a million times over on on every sports channel, but um, if I was going to get my play by play of the parade which some genius thought would be a good idea to do in the water because that's safe. I mean that's 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 so Florida right Absolutely, there. Absolutely,
0: why not? Having lived what in Fla-
1: Yeah, have lived in Florida for 5 years. There's some genius there was like, "Hey, nothing bad will happen. We're going to take really large grown men and all of their friends and get them really drunk and yeah, put, yeah. It, it put them on a boat. Don't forget the alcohol." That yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Tom didn't forget the alcohol. No, if no, you've no, seen he did social not. media. Yeah. I, I kind of wish that one of those guys dropped that trophy because you know Gronk would have dove in the water Absolutely. and he would have found it <laughs> yes. like at the bottom of that river and come up and like He'd spiked like, it. Not or my something. fault this
0: time. I don't do it this time.
1: Yeah, he, he, unbelievable. Well, you know, in, in an interesting change of events, um, well, actually it wasn't because they won the Super Bowl and congratulations to Tom Brady yeah. for being a great mentor and a leader. I know a lot of people love to pick on him and he seems a little smug and everything. And, you know, maybe it'd be hard not to be after winning your seventh Super Bowl out of 10 tries. I mean, he's got more Super Bowls than any team.
0: That's amazing. I've never, never seen so many goat emojis in one week oh, on social media.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised that Apple hasn't upgraded the goat emoji <laughs> really? with Tom's face <laughs> or the number 12 on it. All right, let's move on. Anyway, so you know what? This afternoon, or. Yeah, this afternoon, we have this wonderful guest today. His name is Charles Dillahunt. And Charles works for the PGA of America. And And check this out. He is the strategic adjunct to the CEO and the CPO, or the chief people officer of the PGA of America. Right? He's a strategic adjunct. That's an impressive title. I don't
0: ask me what it means, but it's very impressive. Sounding.
1: Well, you know, we're, maybe we'll hit him with something like that in rapid fire. You know, but hey, truth be told, I'm super excited to have this guy on this afternoon because Charles is a young leader in golf and he's one of those people that's an outside the box thinker and he's a doer and you know, he's getting the job done and he's going out into places where golf doesn't really exist and isn't as popular. And he's telling the story, but he's telling it through his lens and his filter. And, and I think he's doing a tremendous job. So I'm really looking forward to, you know, bringing him on this afternoon and talking to him. And um, you know, I think that you're going to be impressed with how, Thoughtful and well-spoken, this young man, as I talked to him a little bit this week. and oh, cool. uh, Yeah, you know, he was apprehensive about us, which means that he's thoughtful. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's, there's no doubt about Perfect that. Perfect guest for the show. Speaking of apprehension, um, you know, our friend Jordan Spieth had a little bit on Sunday afternoon as he didn't kind of close the deal at the Waste Management People's Open. But out in Pebble Beach, where the guys are this week, if you do a little, we do a little leaderboard talk real quick for the PGA Tour, then certainly Jordan is back on the radar. And uh, he threw in a little 65 yesterday at Pebble Beach, the iconic Pebble Beach. And, you know, he he's seven under and he's tied for fourth. And there's a couple guys above him, um, one of which Patrick Cantlay, who was one of the tournament favorites coming in. Now, you know, we don't have we we don't have any of the top 10 players in the world playing in this event. Um, And I think there's only five of the top 50. So Patrick is one of those five. And he's definitely um, a a great young player on the PGA Tour. Well, he he tied the course record yesterday with, uh, let's see here, uh, 10 birdies. No bogeys. And uh he he had a little ten under sixty two, right? And he, he had a good start to his day. He he birdied seven of the first eight. That's not bad. Yeah, it's <laughs> that's pretty good. You know, that's I'll like it's that. like Tom Brady good. But what's most interesting that I want you to keep your eye on there's this young phenom he's 19 years old his name is akshay bayada right and akshay um had a wonderful uh junior career ajga um i saw him play at the president's cup uh back in 2017 the junior president's cup in 2017 at plainfield country club nearby here to us um but what's most unique about him so so yesterday hits all 18 greens i mean the kid's great lefty tall thin junior fabulous for the game multicultural representative, love this kid, right? But when you start to see him become more popular, you're going to lose it because he looks just like the lead singer from the digital underground. <laughs> All right, he, he looks the Humpty Dance. He does. He looks just like him. So, like, if, if this guy starts winning <laughs> tournaments, right, you have got to get that oh, queued it's up. Hilarious. because I mean, and the kid's super talented, and I give him all the credit in the world, but I tell you, he, he looks just like him, and he's not wearing the fake nose. That's I mean, the last so
0: thing I thought was going to come out of your mouth just then.
1: Oh, I mean, if you Google him right now, you're, you're going to start losing it. So, don't lose it. So, just oh, wait till the break. Wait till the break. I'm going to type right. in
0: golf. Stop what you're doing because I'm about to ruin and see what comes up. <laughs>
1: The lyric of the style that you're used to. My name's Akshay. Looks funny. You know I'm looking money. Yeah, exactly. I mean, unbelievable, unbelievable. Anyway.
0: I wish him success just for that
1: reason. Yeah. There's going to be a car accident on Route 1 in, in Princeton right now because someone's pulling over Too looking cool. at that picture on his PGA Tour profile. Anyway, um, you know, last week we were talking a lot about the USGA and their distance report and all this stuff, and I made the comment to say that, you know, my solution to the problem was like, hey, let's get all the stakeholders together. Right. So I was listening to one of the friends of the show and uh, one of my favorite podcasts, which is the fried egg. And and my good friend, Andy Johnson and Andy had on Thomas Pagel, who is one of the blue blazers up at the USGA and certainly somebody who could frame for all of us what was going on with that report. And they talked about it for about 45 minutes on this podcast. And and Andy did a really good job asking all the relevant questions. And, you know, Andy's definitely one of those people who leans towards the restrictions of distance and so on and so forth. But um, the two of them had a very thoughtful conversation. And towards the end of it, I caught a quick quote and I sent it to you. So I want you to throw it up right now, right, of what Thomas had to say when he was asked about how is it that basically we can get the message across to everyone. So yeah. hit that hit that for me.
0: Yeah, no and you you're right to bring that up and it goes back to that earlier question about stakeholders, right? I mean there's the, the, the it's a big industry big game. Lots of lots of important viewpoints. Um so as we look at it, right, golf course owners, operators, golf course superintendents, uh PGA professionals, so the 29,000 members that are interacting and engaging golfers on a daily basis. Uh, we engage with all of them, right? And it's important that we do that. I, I mentioned before the fully informed, we need to have a fully informed view uh, on, on what they see as the issues and what they see as potential solutions. And so, you know, outside of our equipment process, we have this, you know, the golf course, golfer experience side of things that I spoke to earlier, where we're actively engaging all those groups, right? All those audiences to understand, you know, what what is the impact? So certainly
1: it seems like, he has it in the right frame of mind. Sure. Which I'm excited about, which is why I'm bringing it up again, because it, you know, proves I was right from last week. That right. This I is, mean, that's the that, reason you're bringing it up again. Yeah, of course. This is, this is certainly a way that we can attack this issue um, and, and all issues in golf, because, you know, the PGA of America came out this week and made a huge announcement that at the PGA championship and the women's PGA championship and the senior PGA championship, which, you know, are some of the three of the biggest tournaments of the year for those specific demographics. and, they're going to allow range finders okay now you know the distance measuring devices that people use are not allowed on any of those sanctioned tours okay Um, you have to figure it out by basically you know having a yardage book with your caddy and going through the math and the numbers and everything and so now we're going to drop the math and we're going to use range finders for that specific event but for the pga of america my brethren to come out and say hey you know like we're going to be innovative technology. Yep, We're going to embrace technology and we're going to allow this or whatever. I mean, I think that that type of mentality is why I was saying to the USGA, let's make sure we're all partnering and coming together and doing the best we can in order to kind of move the game forward and make it more modern Absolutely. and make it more approachable and, you know, you know, make it more about, you know, all of the different communities and players that we have. In this world, and you know, when we start to talk about the communities and the players that we have just here in the state of New Jersey, it makes me think of our sponsors and that's the New Jersey Golf Foundation, you know, the charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. But did you know, Wade Weezer? All right. The NJGF offers two annual scholarships, the Peter Famiano Memorial Scholarship and the Bruce Lieberman Memorial Scholarship. Each scholarship is open to all seniors in high school who will be attending college, offering $2,500 a year with a maximum of $10,000. To apply for these scholarships or for more information, please visit the New Jersey Golf Foundation website at njgolffoundation.org or call us at 732-465-1212. And I love that idea because college college isn't getting any cheaper. And those those scholarships have been going on for a while, and and they're giving out a bunch of money. So, you know, you don't have to be involved in golf, anybody. Come out, reach out to them, and state your case for why your son or daughter could use a little extra help. You know, that, that would get you probably half a semester's worth of books. Sure. something like that. <laughs> books, just the books. <laughs> just the books. All right. Well, speaking of books and smart people, let's get, to, uh, let's get to our guests. So let's run it out of here right now. Folks, it's 3.12 p.m. here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. We'll be back in a moment with our special guest, Charles Dillahunt. Can't
0: stop addicted to the shindig. Chop, chop, he says I'm going to win big. Janae Ogumike. Players, we've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision, and we support her decision more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogwumike and Mike Golick Jr. Are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just put some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Time to get back on course as The Pro Show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back
1: to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Golf is thriving due to young leaders like our next guest. After all, when you have the attention of the CEO of the PGA, Seth Waugh, you're on a strong path to success. This thoughtful manner kind of reminds me of a country rock mood. Let's warm him up with a little Southern Serenade. And now south to the land of the pines And thumbing my way into North Carolina Staring up the road And pray to God I see headlights I made it down the coast in 17 hours Picking me a bouquet I, I love me a little Darius Rucker Let's go with this for a second
0: you feel. Hey, mama, me.
1: Well done on the board there Mr. Wade Weezer. Well done on the board as usual Week in and week out now, let's just jump in because I know you gave me the high sign that Charles is on the phone. Folks, welcome Charles Dillahunt to the pro show. Charles, how are you doing today, man?
0: I'm doing great. I'm even better that I got the uh, serenade from Darius Rucker on the intro. That reminds me of my, my Indiana days on the lake uh, with my fiance. So heard that song many a time out there. Oh, well,
1: that's good. I, uh, you know, our our crack research team here um, dives deep on on, on the musical um, transitions. So uh, I know that right now they're smiling, you know, even though they have a mask on, they're smiling. But they're they're definitely smiling. And uh, you know, you were talking about memories there, which is kind of cool. And music does that for all of us. It kind of evokes different emotions and memories and such. But um, what's your favorite golf memory from twenty twenty?
0: You mean golf memory by me playing or in the industry, which one would you prefer?
1: Take it where you want. You know, you you could have had a great something that you're proud of or it could have just been you made your first hole-in-one, you know? Whatever, wherever you want to go with it.
0: The first hole-in-one has not come yet. Um, I'll do personal and professional. Personally, uh, each year, my fiance and I compete against her brother and her her dad um, on the golf course, and he's actually the one that introduced us to the game and Taught us most of what we know now, so we were finally able to beat them. Team Florida beat Team Indiana, so that's my personal highlight. Um, professionally, I'd say seeing the industry come together in our diversity, equity, and inclusion cross collaboration groups—you um, know, it's, it's a huge step for the game, and it's something we need. And Seth always says this: if you were going to build the golf industry, it wouldn't be built the way it is now, where you know we have our swimming lane, the USGA has their swimming swimming lane, the tour has their swimming lane it'd be more like golf Inc., right? So everything would be in one place, sort of like you see with the NBA or the NFL. So that was my favorite, seeing everyone come together and we continue to work together to this day.
1: Well, the fans of the show definitely know now why you're here, because in, in the first segment this afternoon, I was talking about how the USGA um, and Thomas Pagel was commenting on, hey, we need to interact with the PGA of America more. And and I was I was you know, telling that story. So um, this is I'm, I'm loving where this conversation is going to go already. Now, um, I like to have fun on this show. There's no doubt about that. Me being the director of fun, that is. And I want to take you back in time right? Because your role with the PGA of America is to make the game that is played all over the globe look more like the globe. And I go back to the tiger boom and we learned so much about that period in time when golf was kind of given 10 million extra golfers and we didn't know what to do. Right. So if you were in your same role and you know what you knew now, if we sent you back then, how could we have changed the landscape?
0: Oh, wow. Great question. Um, so, in 1998, when I'd say the Tiger boom started, I was four years old. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was born in 94. Um, but I'd say that went through, what, 2001, 2002? Does that sound right to you? Yeah, very much so. You know, and that Tiger boom happened. I'm a huge sports fan, always have been. During that time period, I was watching Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, and the uh, the three-peat Laker team. I wasn't hearing it. Well, I heard about Tiger Woods, but it never interests me. You know, nothing really grabbed my attention. And even worse, this might hurt you, Keith, I didn't know what a PGA professional was until I was a junior in college. So that boom didn't reach the, you know, small town kid in Indiana, I don't think. And one of the things I would make sure to do if I was working at the PGA of America in 98 was get the PJ professional in the mainstream. And by mainstream, I mean more pop culture, more urban culture, where you're crossing over into African-American communities, Mexican-American communities, Asian-American communities. I don't think – during that tiger boom, you, even if you went to the course, right, you might not have always been greeted by someone who looks like you. Now to me personally, that doesn't always turn me away, but to some it does. Right. Um, there's a huge fear with golf. So what I would do is show more diverse PGA professionals cause they've been here. Um, and they've been here for years, uh, doing what the PGA professional does, which is being a friend, a golf teacher, a coach. Uh, I could go all day about what PGA professionals are. So I'd get them more in the mainstream and, make them feel more approachable. Right. I think that's the huge fear people have with the golf course now is you may go and have one bad experience, but it's one bad experience There's bad apples in every bunch, but there are PJ professionals out there that have been amazing things to a bunch of different people. And I guess I would have long story short, tried to get them more in the mainstream and let people understand who they are, what they do and what they're here to, to do for the country, which is grow the game of golf and make sure people are having fun out there.
1: All right. So you bring up a great point there before, you know, we get more into basically what you do and what the PGA is doing to increase golfer diversity. um, Let's be specific. How can we get PGA professionals more into the mainstream? I mean, I'm a PGA professional. I'm on ESPN radio here in the New York City and Philly market every Friday afternoon, trying to change the rhetoric around the game. Right. So I, I, I think I basically fall into the category of what you're trying to say, but um, give me some of your vision. I, I'm, I'm interested to hear your perspective on this.
0: Well, Keith, you are in the mainstream, right? And I think that's, that's good, but we need to add more. And I think a lot of that is our job at headquarters, right? To serve the, the member and grow the game and make sure you guys have every tool necessary to grow the game. So, I think one of the things we can do and we are going to start doing, I'm trying not to share too much um, because these plans will be public soon, but is, you know, there's different shows that everyone watches. I think of family feud or um, what's another famous show. I don't know. Survivor. Maybe we get PJ professionals on these shows and people will see them in TV and they'll know like, Oh, this person was a PJ professional. Or maybe we partner with people like complex or the urban league or, these different media outlets that have a far-reaching audience. In 2019, um, Sandy Cross and I partnered with Black Enterprise and we did a podcast series. Little did we know she would have people reaching out to her from all over the country and even the North Calif- Northern California um, Section ED reaching out to bring her out. And she spoke at the annual meeting with our partners at Jopwell. Um, his name is Porter Braswell, who's one of their co-founders. They spoke about their podcast episode and the things they're doing to grow diversity, equity, and inclusion um, in business in general. So it's different crossover promotions like that, where you can have an authentic voice in a community where we don't have it that I think we can do more of. And we plan to do that this year for sure. So
1: that's really interesting because it kind of, as, as you were mentioning all of that i started to think about my own myopic view and you know one of the things i i look at is like top golf and drive shack and you know how can we make the pga professional more mainstream in the, in the eyes of that golfer but you're you're talking about such a larger audience right and you know there's one of the things I always say is that from time to time, the PGA professional isn't the coolest individual in the room. You know, we need to be a little bit cooler in order to attract more attention. Um, You know, how can we make ourselves a little more cool? Do you think?
0: Well, I disagree a little bit, Keith, because I think I've met a lot of cool PGA professionals. You and I chatted for three minutes before this, before the interview. Right. And like, I, I was laughing, having a good time. Like PGA professionals are cool. We just need to, from a headquarters perspective, and we're working on it, put them in places where people can see how cool you guys are. Because, like I said, there's, um, I think of our PJ Hope program and Renee Powell, who's obviously a trailblazer in the golf industry, not only for African American women, but PJ professionals in general, I'd say. She hosts the PJ Hope program at Clearview Golf Course and um, she saved many a veteran's life. And there's stories we've told of veterans saying, like, she literally saved my life. I was thinking of suicide. Renee Powell saved my life with this whole program. So PGA professionals can be a lot of things, and one of the things they are is really cool. I think of Tony Martinez, who's a fellow sneakerhead like me. Uh, we always talk about. We call it Freshy Friday. We post <laughs> sneakers on Fridays on our Instagram stories or Facebook stories, and it's the new shoes we got if we got them. Um, so there's a lot of different PGA professionals. There's nearly twenty nine thousand of them. There's got to be some cool ones in that bunch, right? Um, I'd say most of them are. So we just need to do a better job of putting them on shows that are on mainstream channels. Like This may sound crazy, but what a, why hasn't a PJ professional showed up on The Real Housewives or um, a show like The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? Things like that. I think the more you can infuse PJ professionals and just let them be their authentic selves to a different audience, the more that will grow.
1: Well, I don't know about the Bravo Network, but I can tell you this much. There has been a young PGA professional who was an assistant down in Alabama at, uh, I believe he was at Shoal Creek, that was on The Bachelor. A couple years ago, but I I love where your head's at. And folks, if you're wondering who we're talking to, we're talking to Charles Dillahunt. He is not only a sneakerhead, but he is a young leader with the PGA of America. And he is going to help transform some of the rhetoric around what golf is and the stories that we tell. Now, everyone makes a big deal about this huge surge in golfers that has currently happened due to COVID and in the last year of 2020. I want to talk a little bit about this surge is it more of the same people, the same demographics, or are we starting to see some diversity in golf as we see the numbers increase?
0: I think we're starting to see more diversity. Um, I know that, I mean, from my personal experience, I see more diverse golfers, more diverse businesses reaching out to us, wanting to get in. We attended black enterprises, black men, Excel event in Miami, in 2019. And when they heard the PJ of America was there, who was there for them. Um, they rush up to us. Like, we can't believe you're here. We're huge golfers. We love golf. You know, I just started playing. Um, There's always PJ professionals at that event (laughs) teaching golf. So we're starting to see more minority golfers and they're looking for opportunities, not only to play golf, but to work in golf too, which is awesome. And to also be in the supply chain, Mm -hmm. which is why I'm so blessed to work in the space. I I do with Sandy and Lynette Cardi and others, on our team because we're able to provide those opportunities for them. And the opportunities just continue to grow as we get partners involved and we grow and have a more authentic voice in those communities. So I'd say, yeah, there's definitely a surge in the minority golfers. We just need to make sure as an association that we prepare our members to know how to interact and accept those people from different backgrounds. Once they get to the club, right? First impressions are everything. And if our PGA professionals aren't ready to openly accept, new individuals or don't know maybe sensitive touch points for those people, you might not have the best interaction and it may not be an intentional thing. It may be an unintentional um, consequence of an action you did that's normal in other cultures that isn't normal in this one, right? So that's what I take pride in is helping our professionals learn and educate themselves about how to welcome in new people and how to retain them once they get there.
1: Well, I'm happy to hear that the trend is our friend. Right. So but let's dig into that a little bit, because I think best practices and sharing amongst professionals and, you know, coming from your experiences and your knowledge base um, and getting that message out. I have a lot of PGA men and women that listen to this show and that download the podcast, which can be found online as soon as we get done this afternoon. And I think this is a great moment for if you have a message or things that we're working on as an association for 2021 to, you know, kind of give us give us some hints on how we can be better prepared and then be more approachable and more accepting of all types of golfers.
0: So for 2021, we have more programming that we started around 2019, 2018 Um, PJ vendor match is one of those programs. And that's for people who want to get involved in the business of golf, right? We provide our tier one suppliers at our major championships, all four of them. Um, provide sourcing opportunities to tier two vendors. And that's your opportunity to how it works is you apply for the program. We sort of vet the vet them, make sure they'd be able to meet the requirements of a tier one vendor. Um, Once we have those selected, we send those to the vendors. They select the ones they want to interview and we set up sort of a it's like a speed networking session where they have a chance to interview with our vendors. We've had a lot of success with that program and that's going to be kicking off here around April for our twenty twenty two PJ Championship, KitchenAid Senior PJ Championship, and KPMG Women's PJ Championships. Mm-hmm. Um, the other program we'll have around that is PJ Job Match, which will provide, I want to say we're up to close to 10 of our Tier 1 vendors have signed up for the program. And they will be hiring people for short-term employment opportunities around the championship. And um, that'd be working in PJ chalets, working across the whole championship. So that's another great opportunity for diverse individuals looking to have a career opportunity in golf, right? Um, There's no better way to learn about what's going to happen or what your day would be like unless you're actually going to be there on the ground talking to the individuals that are all there. So you never know who you'll run into that week, whether it's Seth Wall, Carrie Haig, Sandy Cross, myself. um, You never know. And, of course, the countless PGA professionals. Um,
1: So just to jump in there for a second – Um, the 2021 PGA championship at Kiowa is coming up. If somebody was interested in PGA job match, could they still get involved or you're only doing it for 22? Um, How could someone go about that? What website would they go to? Um, How would they, how would they go through this process?
0: So the link is um, excuse me, I'm drawing a blank. The link is pgaimpactorg backslash vendor inclusion for the vendor, Uh, for the vendor match program and that is yes we plan that a year out so that would be for 2022 job match you would also go to pgaimpact.org backslash pga job match and you can apply to work at keowa this year well i i should qualify that with pending um certain state and local laws uh with covid coming up so that's all to be determined but that is in the works for this year to to go on.
1: So. Well, yeah. As in a post COVID world, there's always the disclaimer, but I'm excited about the fact that if someone's listening in this market up here where it's cold and it's snowy, that they could go down to Kiowa in, in you know mid May and they could join what you all are trying to do in in an effort to try to you know make this game be a lot more like our globe, which is which to me I think is super important. And you know I, I think about all the different things that you are kind of. Um, presenting here, and it really opens up my mind to, you know, limitless possibilities. And I'm I'm curious about what other markets you could see us growing into to get the attention of, let's say, younger people. Like, so um, what would be uh, a different vertical outside of golf that we could get the attention of kids?
0: It's a good question. And I think, you know, pop culture is the one I always come back to. Pop culture spans every demographic. Most people know it. And they see it. Um, how do we infuse ourselves into pop culture so that kids see a um, a Tony Martinez and they're like, wow, these, there's a sneakerhead that teaches golf? Like, maybe I want to do that one day. Um, in my first year, I did a lot of storytelling, and that's the one thing I'd hear from PGA professionals. They always saw or met another PGA pro who really impacted their life, and they said, you know, I want to do that for other people as well. I think if we can infuse ourselves in the pop culture using the different tra- strategies I mentioned before, that's a way for us to grow and um, let people know what the P.J. professional is and what they're meant to do. And I think we'd see more crossover then as well. Do you see thing I've seen in 20? Oh, go ahead.
1: Uh, I was going to say, do you see TikTok as an important frontier for us?
0: You know, it's funny. I'm actually not on TikTok. <laughs> my fiance's on TikTok and she'll often show me funny videos or I'm a huge gamer as well so there's a lot of Call of Duty um, TikToks that I'll see just passing through the reels or whatever on Instagram that is a good one right like TikTok's a good place where you can see personality of people whether they're doing a funny dance or they're mimicking some scene from a movie or they're creating their own thing I mean a guy riding a skateboard and drinking cranberry juice (laughs) went viral last year right so What can we be doing on TikTok as an association to show the personalities of our PGA professionals?
1: Well, you know what, folks, I want to dig more into the personality of our guest today. And his name is Charles Dillahunt. But for right now, we have to take a quick break for our sponsors. But, you know, up more next with him. And thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Can't wait to talk more with this leader of the PGA of America.
0: That play underneath him is going to look crazy, and especially if they got any skill set. Jay Williams. I'm just tired of talking about what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons don't do. I want to start talking about what Brett Brown needs to make them do. It's time, it's time, to, go time to go to work, work Brett. And Zubin Lahinta. I can promise you, I am as passionate about sports as you are. It is time to go to work. Tishon, Jay Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings starting at 6 on the new 920 ESPN. I adopted Bento in 2010 from a shelter. This cat makes me make art. He's always motivating me to draw pictures of him. He just is motivating artistically. He's my best friend, but a lot of people know him as Keyboard Cat.
1: Keyboard Cat, YouTube star and shelter pet. Amazing adoption stories start in shelters. Start yours today. Visit shelterpetproject.org to find a pet near you. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council.
0: you got a great voice for radio. Though. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, 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 I get a lot of that, too. As the Pro Show continues, once again, Keith Stewart.
1: This is Keith Stewart, the host of the Pro Show. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920. Since the skyline of New York City. Fireflies in Tennessee Sipped a little shine from a paper sack That'll knock the horns off a Cadillac I'm Our guest is putting a modern frame around golf, attracting new players here and now. And his name is Charles ben, Dillahunt. That. Got the t-shirt and hat, but my favorite place to be Is here and now Nowhere else in this world tonight
0: Ain't no
1: better time than here. The here and now of Friday afternoon Up here in New Jersey It's the Pro Show and I'm Keith Stewart And I'm happy to welcome back Mr. Charles Dillahunt Charles, you having fun this afternoon or what, man?
0: I am, thanks for having me Really appreciate it
1: Alright, well, what'd you think of little Kenny Chesney there? I mean, I hit you with Darius before, but um, You know, I, I like a good rockin' song too
0: I like little Kenny uh, all that Indiana comes back. It just, all the memories keep flooding back of being on the boat in Indiana. So (laughs) I'm loving it. Keep it up. All
1: right. Well, all right. I want, I want to take you back then because I want to, I want to ask you this question as I get to learn. And I mentioned this before the break, learn a little bit more about you and how did golf catch your attention?
0: It's, it's a good question because, you know, I just remember growing up, I played football and basketball, uh, played a year of D3 football as well. And I just, for whatever reason golf never crossed into my life it was never an option opportunity top golf wasn't around then so I think it was around my sophomore year in college when I had stopped playing football and I needed something to do other than just uh clang and bang the weights in the weight room or go for a run I needed something else to um, instill that fix I'd been competing my whole life and suddenly there was no competition there so I just remember being at my father-in-law's house and golf was on or something that nature and he'd golfed since he was about 25 and We ended up at the range. We were like, let's go do it. Let's go try it. It looks easy on TV. Like, what's so hard about it? I just remember getting there and chunking and (laughs) missing the ball, and something clicked in my head. I was like, you know, I'm awful at this right now, but I just want to get better. And something was fun about finally seeing that ball in the air for the first time. Um, So that's how it really caught my attention, and from there I was just hooked. I don't know what it was, but something bit me, and I was hooked. I was like, hey, let's go back. Let's go back. And I was just annoying my fiance. (laughs) Okay, let's go to the range today. Let's go to the range today, and um, we we kept on, and I ended up at the PGA of America. As a result, I guess you could say.
1: Well, you were buying stock in your father in law's attention, so that's that's never that's <laughs> never a bad move, that's for sure, or future father in law for that matter. But um, so it's interesting because your whole life is revolved around golf right now. So, and you're out as an ambassador for the game. When you tell the story of golf, how do you frame it?
0: it's a fun thing to do. And it's also like a game of life, right? Like how you react on the golf course can, or how I see people react on the golf course tells me a lot about who they are as a person. So if you hit a bad shot, are you going to put your head down on powder? You're going to suck it up and move on to the next one, right? It's, it's a game of life. It's just downright fun. You're out in nature. Um, beautiful scenery, birds chirping. There's beautiful, and down here in Florida, there's a bunch of water you got to avoid, but it's nice to look at. (laughs) Um, I just tell people how fun it is and they're, you know, this bug bit me, it can bite you too. And it's, especially once you're done with your athletic career, you can play it your whole life, right? Um, there's a reason there's a senior tour on TV. So it's a fun game. It's it's fun for everyone and anyone can do it, right? Um, even those with disabilities can still play. And um, it's a game where you can tailor the link to whatever you prefer, what's right for you. So it's a fun game to play and it's, it's really, it's truly a game for everyone.
1: You know, I've participated in golf in schools and PGA Hope and a lot of different things. And when we head out into into these other communities that aren't, you know, our stereotypical golf world um, that, you know, I kind of grew up in, uh, it always gives me such a great appreciation of how I could be so much better at telling the story and being a golf professional. And I love that. And it's invigorating. So I'm wondering if you could share a story with me that really made you smile when you went out into the community that wasn't necessarily a golf community and someone inspired you.
0: I think the communities that aren't golf communities that really inspired me, I'm going to go back to PJ hope here, um, going to some of these veteran communities and mental health is a real issue. Um, James Eugene comes to mind. He was a PJ Works fellow in the Metropolitan New York section up near you, uh, but he started in PJ Hope. And similar story to me, the golf bug just bit him, and he was hooked. Um, fast forward to today, he's going towards his PJ membership, trying to acquire it. He's an associate right now. But when we were at Best Page Black in 2019 for PJ Championship, I was with James all week, and you know, he's a veteran. He had some mental health issues and golf was, you know, he's another person that literally saved his life. So being with him that week, kind of showing him the ropes, um, showing him why I put something on social media, the way I do it or why I record a video or a certain way. I think after that week, that's one of the things that always stick with me is he was just happy to be there. Right. Um, but he was also in love with it. It was, it was a connection between James and I, where I saw his love for the game and it, made me realize how lucky i am to be in the position i am with the pga of america because there's a lot of people that love golf but not everyone gets the opportunity to be inside the ropes or be at the headquarters of the pga of america so she and james and his passion and now he's pursuing pga membership that's the that's really the story of being on the ground and seeing someone's love it just drove me to make sure we have more james eugene's from the military come in or we have more charles Dillahunt from the african-american community and you name it down the list of um, different inclusion groups coming into this game and learn to love it as much as we do.
1: Well, thank you for sharing that story. And and folks, you know, we're pretty lucky today to have Charles Dillahunt with us. And earlier, just in that answer, you were talking about the senior tour, right? And you, and you mentioned how it's a game for life. And I, I'm a big preacher of this is that golf is one of the only markets that has to, you know, relate to and resonate with five different generations. And we've mentioned a lot about pop culture and TikTok, and we've pointed the lens downward um, towards the youth that are getting involved with golf. But let's let's flip the switch for a second here and let's take a look at those baby boomers and maybe even me, the generation Xers who are really caught in our ways. And and how do we um, become more inclusive and how do we attract more of an older generation of diverse golfer?
0: I always come back to this because it was, you know, I went to Wabash College in Crawfordsville, Indiana, and (laughs) my first day on campus, they say, there are no rules. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, there's no rules. There's only one. And it's um, the golden rule, essentially. Treat others how you'd like to be treated on and off campus. And I think golf could do a lot of that, too. Just treat other people how you'd want to be treated, you know. Um, Golf's a game of invitation. Invite someone from any generation out to play with you. Show them the ropes, show them a good time, Um, teach them how to swing the club, show them some success, show them something they can improve upon. And I think the more we're just good people and the more we just treat people with respect, the better it will be. And it sounds simple, but it's really not, right? Like you have to make a concerted effort to get someone to the golf course, make sure they have the right equipment, um, make sure that they're not having a bad experience or feel left out or anything. It's one thing to invite someone. But getting them out on the dance floor to dance with you is even more important. So showing them the ropes, and I think that's for anyone of any age. If you show, show someone a good time, they're going to want to come back and have that good time again. So that would be my advice: just be a good person. And um, I think more people will come into the space.
1: What a powerful message! And uh, that's pretty awesome. And you know, one of the things I want to dig into because listening to you today, you talk about being a sneakerhead, and you know, the sneaker industry has become very collaborative. And golf, to me, doesn't come across as being nearly as collaborative. You never get any of the vendors to work together to put out a common message or to get people excited about things. Um, How can we make golf a more collaborative industry, you think?
0: Well, earlier I mentioned uh, my favorite memory of 2020 was the whole industry coming together in these DEI working groups. And I think starting this year, when our marketing campaign, I sit on the marketing committee with our chief. Commercial Officer Jeff Price, Matt Corey, he's the Chief Marketing Officer at the PJ Tour, leads the group. And the group is made up of grassroots golf organizations like African American Golfers Digest and others, as well as the top dogs like the PJ Tour, PGA of America, USGA, Top Golf. you name it. There's six different committees, um, and they're all designed to grow the game inclusively, right? So the groups are Education, Skill Development, there's a Marketing and Communications Group, there's a Youth and Adult Player Development Group, there's a Talent Acquisition Group, there's a human resources group and a procurement group or supplier inclusion is another term for that. But it's the first time since I've been here that I've seen us all come together, share best practices. So we've shared, um, our vendor inclusion practices. And I know other organizations are working on those practices themselves. Now other people have shared their marketing tactics with us and we're working on that. We're also all working together on a golf industry campaign and these groups really came together behind the leadership of Seth wall, um, who's obviously our CEO at the PGA of America, Jay Monahan, who's the commissioner at the PGA Tour, Mike Wan, those three got to, who's the commissioner at the LPGA Tour. Those three got together. Um, you know, it's funny. Seth told me last week, you know, Jay and I talk all the time, and I'd say 60% of those conversations is about DE&I now, which is just incredible for two older white men who have been around the game for a long time. For them to be doing that now, I think it, it really says something. And um, it really feels like it's golf ink now. It may not seem like that from the outside because we haven't come out with the campaign yet, Um, but I think once we do, it will seem like that. The other thing I'd say is inviting the grassroots organizations inside, having a seat at that table like they've been clamoring for for years has been huge and the main difference I see here. So, yeah, we're coming up with an industry-wide campaign, which I think you guys have seen as a PGA professional with Play Golf America and um, we Are Golf, the other different campaigns that are out there. The difference now, I think, is we're bringing those owners and operators at the local level at different types of courses. So top tracer ranges, um, 18-hole facilities, 9-hole facilities, bringing them in, saying, hey, this is what we're thinking. What, how would this plan work for you? Can we make this, this initiative work for your course? We don't want to dictate something to you, but we want to let you know we're going to send this message out to a broad base of consumers, And we want you to take that and run with it and tailor it so that it fits your facilities, discount pricing or um, new golfer programs, whatever it may be. So that's the other thing I'd say I see. And it's not necessarily visible yet, but I'd say by the end of 2021, you should be seeing that, Keith. So that's that's the good thing about golf is we're all coming together um, and working as one.
1: That's amazing news. And uh, you heard it here, folks first on the pro show but you know what the fans of this show i know they're clamoring for something and before i let you go and you've been nice enough to give us give us a lot of time um we like to do a little rapid fire q a to learn different sides of our guests and uh you have mentioned a couple different fun things here today so uh i can't wait to have some fun with you through this uh i hope you're up for it you up for a little rapid fire q a
0: yeah let's go for it i'm ready
1: all right Ooh. I love the intense music. All right, here we go. I'm going to start out with a fun one. Favorite pair of sneakers in your closet right now?
0: Jordan 11, 25th anniversary Jubilee edition. Just got them last December.
1: Ooh. Which are you more likely to win, an Oscar or a Grammy?
0: Oscars acting, right? Yes. Uh, Probably yeah. Oscar. My voice is terrible, even though I, I like to say it's not. It is, so probably Oscar.
1: On a scale of 1 to 10, rate your ability on Call of Duty.
0: Give me a 9.2. Ooh, Pretty good. I, I play too much, but yeah, I've gotten pretty good over the years.
1: <laughs> All right. Which of the classical elements best describes you? Water, earth, fire, or air?
0: Water. I can adjust to any situation or... I'm going to mold myself to any place I'm in. So I'd say water. Any pets? I have two pups. They live in Indiana with my mother. Um, But yeah, I have two dogs. What are their names? Um, One is Cece. The other one is Piper.
1: What's the fastest speed you have ever driven in a car?
0: (laughs) I don't know if I should say this. Um, Probably 110. 110. Good for you. It was it was it was on a it was on a racetrack. It wasn't in public uh, streets, but yeah, it was pretty close.
1: Good for you. All right, if you could be any professional athlete, what sport and position would you play?
0: Ooh, any professional athlete. I think I would be a golfer. Right, uh, that'd be number one. Close second would be a point guard in the NBA. Huge NBA fan. Um, always tend to like the point guards the best. So. All for our point guard in the NBA.
1: I, I love what the NBA has been up to for a decade. So if you could introduce more of the NBA into the PGA, I'm all for it, my friend, for sure. Look, um,
0: look for more uh, cross-collaboration coming soon. I, <laughs> I'll leave you at
1: that. I love it. Send us a guest or two. We're happy to promote them up here in this in this marketplace. All right. Would you rather have all the traffic lights you approach turn green or never have to stand in line again?
0: Never have to stand in line, for sure.
1: One last one looking ahead, what word best describes 2021 for you?
0: Um, I would say, can I do Can I cheat and do two? Sure. Paradigm shift. I, love- I say paradigm shift because I think that people are going to start to see that in golf, this paradigm shift where I think we had it last year. Um, And when a paradigm changes, there's like this area of time where everyone's trying to figure things out and coming up with a bunch of different theories. And then sooner or later, they all get tested. The ones that don't work fall by the wayside. The ones that do stick. And I think the inclusion theories that we're coming up with are going to stick. And that's going to be the new paradigm in golf is inclusion. So, yeah.
1: Well, you know, there's no doubt that my listeners had a little bit of a paradigm shift today. I mean, you have certainly rocked my world, and I can't wait to process all of what I've learned today and put it to use going forward in 2021. Charles Dillahunt, you are awesome. Can't thank you enough for being on the Pro Show.
0: Keith, Keith, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. Let's do it again sometime.
1: We absolutely will. Keep working on those projects and uh, give us something cool to talk about like today, and uh, you'll be back before you know it. Take care now.
0: Sounds good. Thanks, Keith.
1: Folks, it's about 3.50 p.m. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Coming back to wrap up today's show with the weekly update.
0: Ain't no better place. Ain't no better time than here. Janae Ogwumike. Players, we've always been at the forefront of social change. We all respect the decision, and we support her decision more importantly. And Mike Golick Jr. We saw a Black Lives Matter shirt at a NASCAR race. You have finally opened the door to make a new group of people feel welcome at a racetrack. The new knows no limits. Janae Ogwumike and Mike Golick Jr. Are Janae and Golick Jr. Weekday afternoons at 4 on the new 920 ESPN. St. Jude exceeds any expectation or any dream I could have ever had about a hospital. First was getting David here to save his life, but then I was told we wouldn't get a bill. I didn't quite process that. How is this possible? It's possible through all the wonderful people who donate. It's pretty amazing when you consider that seven years ago we didn't have the treatments we have now. We cure 80% of children with cancer. If you think about that, I mean, go back 50 years, we were curing 20 to 30 percent. This is the miracle story of modern medicine. The research here is research that we share with everyone else because overall we want to help all children that have cancer. What makes that possible is people that give to St. Jude. They really help us to fulfill our mission, and we're so
1: grateful to have them on our team.
0: St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures. Saving children. Learn more at Jude.org. get ready for the back nine as the pro show continues once again the director of fun Keith Stewart welcome back to the pro
1: show I'm your host Keith Stewart you know me as come on now the director of fun you're listening to ESPN 920 on a fantastic Friday afternoon
0: Good old days, all the love you forget, all these reckless nights you regret. you,
1: know you can listen anywhere at 920 espnnewjerseycom new Jersey.com. Just hit that listen now button and stream us anywhere. And in case you want to hear today's show again, or share it with your friends. The podcast will be up tonight. iTunes, Google Play, iHeart, Amazon, Stitcher, Podbean. Go hit it. No
0: outside first at, Let's go ahead. Let's go, Aiden. This one of my name in the star.
1: Now look at where we are, still growing up. Still growing up. i lay be laying my bed and dream about what I've become. I couldn't wait to get older. Couldn't wait to be some. Now that I'm here, wishing I was still young. Those good old days. I
0: wish somebody would have told me, babe, that someday these would be the good old days. the Weezer.
1: It's a great song. I could get caught up in that one for a little while. Sometimes you
0: need a few years to actually realize how good a song is. This is one of them. Yeah, this is a great song. All right, we got
1: to talk this let's turn it down. All right. Yeah. You know what the it, It brings about a level of gratitude, you know, man. And I'm grateful for you here week in and week out. You know, I mean, I know I'm a little sentimental because it's Valentine's Day weekend. But, uh, you know, without you on the board and always interjecting the fun with the music and everything, you know, I mean, these are the good old days. That's right. That's for sure. I mean, we've got to be approaching like. 100 or so shows together, at least, if not more at yeah, this I'll point, to do
0: some research. I'll do the research for that when I when I get the sound together for <laughs> something that like our, our big our big fourth segment here.
1: Well, hey, you know, then you did a wonderful transition there because we are about to do the pro show update, folks, and it is brought to you by TaylorMade. You know, at TaylorMade, we do just about anything to make golfers better. Like you, we just don't play the game. We obsess over it. So we'll gladly create thousands of prototypes, run hundreds of thousands of simulations, and even travel around the world just to hand inspect materials. Whatever it takes to make the best quality equipment for our golfers. Some may not share this passion we have or even understand it. But this drive isn't going away anytime soon. We're beyond driven. Are you? You know, for the latest product information and to find a fitting near you, head to tailormadegolf.com. And if you want to see the TaylorMade equipment in action, just go to the top of your leaderboard week in and week out. Now, speaking of the leaderboard, we're going to go back a week to the Waste Management Phoenix Open because, you know, Saturday night before the Super Bowl, there was a lot of activity out there in Phoenix. You know, you have... Jordan Spieth shooting 10 under 61 Xander Shoffley. We have got Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady of golf ready to tee off on Sunday morning. They go out and they didn't really get it done, but our man is back on the map. Brooks Kepka. and Brooke Brooks goes five under on the final six holes in route to a winning 65 on Sunday. And, um, yeah, you know, unfortunately, uh, if you were watching the coverage, Jordan started swimming laps on 15 and Xander on 17 as they hit the ball in the water as the big man <laughs> came back on campus, which is kind of cool. Totally. Yeah. You know, speaking of big men, DJ marches to victory over in Saudi Arabia. So top ranked Dustin Johnson won the Saudi International for the second time in three years. And uh, he closed with a little under par 68 on uh, what would be early Sunday morning for us. Just two shots clear of Rose and Finau. You know, and uh, which brings up another thing that, you know, I'm so happy to see that, you know, Tony Finau having his 41st top 10 finish in his career, but he's proven now that he could come in second place on multiple continents, which is which is tough to do. (laughs) That's something, you know, speaking of a different continent, um, let's go back to the 2020 AIG Women's British Open and their winner, Sophia, Sophia Popoff. right. Say that three times fast. Yes. So, um the LPGA came out with the Popov rule this week because, it, and why is that important? Because she won a major in women's golf in 2020 and she had no status on tour. So they've redesigned the rules now um, since she went and, and you know, did this feat accomplish this feat? And um, now she, her the money that she won would go towards um, her earnings on tour that year, her status. You know, for winning this event, she got two years of a card, and now she will get five years. Um, so you know, but this is one of those good news bad news stories, Wade. Okay, uh, which one do you want first? Well, I assume that was the good news. Yes. Yeah, so the good news is they changed the rule. The bad news is is it's not retroactive. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, Sorry. Geez. Sophia can still pop off about that. You know, Pebble Beach is our host this week, but it seems like they're kind of holding on for dear life, which is too bad for this iconic golf course. You know, back in December, they had na- announced no spectators. In January, they say no amateurs because this is usually one of those events where you have Brady and Justin Timberlake, Bill Murray entertaining everyone. Um, a week ago, number one in the world, DJ says, no, I can't go. And, um, you know, now the tournament faces, a uh, you know, a brutal forecast. Uh, of rain and 55 degrees for the weekend so uh everyone tune in and watch the golf this week because thank god it's pebble beach you know i i doubt the john deere classic could survive this one you know hey a local story for you Megagani is going to augusta the 17 year old Homedale native um ajga star junior golfer star she was invited this week to the augusta national women's amateur and um you know, I tell you, a word out of Augusta was that the, one of the tipping points for her was her victory at the AJGA J. Stewart Francis Invitational at Springdale in 2018. So Springdale? Yes, Springdale. Oh, I hey. heard of them. Yeah, so good luck to Mega. I, I love it. I love it. Um, the Open Championship, the British Open, and the British Open Championship is very optimistic. Uh, the AP reports that the organizers said Wednesday that they have cautious optimism that golf's oldest major will go ahead at Royal St. George's in July. You know, the event was canceled last year due to the pandemic for the first time since 19 19- 45 um, but they're pushing to make this thing happen and uh, they have a r- rigorous scenario and a planning exercise underway you know and uh, you know in, when you start to think about Britain you start to think about those odds makers and I, I think that the odds makers over there they they must have a decent amount of confidence in this tournament will go on as planned because the odds for the event happening are like four to one uh, where currently the odds for the Olympics are 350 to one. Wow. So, you know <laughs> that's better. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're feeling they're feeling pretty good about that. A um, couple quick ones right here. Uh, the first one is a uh, big congratulations Annika Sorenstam is going to return to the LPGA. Um, she is is going to play in the Gainbridge LPGA event, which was moved to Lake Nona Golf and Country Club, um, which is where she lives. She lives on the 16th hole there. So I think that, you know, her watching all those young ladies on tour when she was definitely the goat of that tour for so many years, and and it still is, you know, pretty much. she's going to be out there in late February. I don't think she could sit there from her office and look out the window at the 16th hole and be like, I, I could take these girls. Yeah. Right? So I reached out to the director of golf there, Gregor Jameson for comment. And he said, we're extremely excited for a return to the LPGA golf at her home course. And, um, you know, I think that he's also pretty excited. The ratings for that event just went through the roof. Totally. His golf course for sure. And, uh, you know, speaking of down there, the PGA tour relaxes their COVID restrictions, you know, starting with the WGC event at the end of this month, uh, they sent an email out to the players and caddies and all the, uh, the stakeholders there that uh they're going to r- reduce some of the restrictions and the players going to be allowed full family access at every event including up to 4 tickets per day at the players championship uh players managers will be allowed teachers and um so they're opening things up a little bit i you know i, I wonder if this is any coincidence that uh these changes are taking place as the pga tour heads to florida no i don't think there's a coincidence at all. i i think not <laughs> Folks, that's your Pro Show update for the week ending February 12th, 2021. And uh, before we go, got to thank, uh, you heard him there, TaylorMade Golf Sponsor in the Weekly Update. And earlier you heard about the New Jersey Golf Foundation. We appreciate our sponsors and thanks for all they do to support the show. Thanks for all your support today there, Mr. Wade Wiesner, and uh, the support of our listeners. Folks, before I go, you know the tradition. I'm going to leave you with one brief thought about relationships for Valentine's Day weekend. We have all been disconnected this year. Call someone this weekend you haven't spoken to in a long time. Our voices are powerful. Use yours to make an impact on someone who once made a significant impact on you. I'm your host, folks, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.